Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. and said to yourself, he's for me. Anybody? Two of you, three of you, four of you, five of you. Okay. Well, there's still time. It's still a good exercise for you to do. We have been combating the third principality that we uh, identified. We've been combating hopelessness. And so what we are challenging you to do is we're challenging you to quit quitting. Uh, We're trying to get you to quit. We're trying to get you to give up giving up. You ought to be filled with hope. Can't get in the, y'all are quiet on this spring break morning. I know some of y'all been burning the midnight hours uh, during spring break. You ought to be overflowing with hope. All right, still only got two of you. I'm going to get you before we get out of here. Uh, Paul declared that in Romans. We, we've, we've said that week after week that Paul said that because God is filled with hope, overflowing with hope, he's the God of all hope, that we too should be overflowing with hope. And so we begin to discuss why, because that is the question that must be asked. If we're going to tell you that you ought to be full of hope, then the next thing we got to do is tell you why. Why should you be full of hope? And so we said that you can have hope because our Father prefers you. Come on, remind your neighbor that I'm his favorite. Come on, tell him, tell him I'm his favorite. Don't, don't get jealous of me. I'm his favorite. I, I know you look at me and wonder why my life is the way it is. It's because I'm his favorite. It, it's, you wonder why I look so good this morning. It's because I'm his favorite. It, you wonder why my life is so together. Because I'm his favorite. That's why I'm just his favorite. Get over it. Don't, don't go into counseling because of it. Just deal with it. I'm his favorite. I have been coded with his preference. So we said you should have hope because you're preferred. It's nice to be preferred. Amen. Anybody ever gotten the VIP treatment before? Didn't deserve it. They got bumped to first class. Didn't have the first class ticket. They upgraded your room. They brought you an extra piece of steak. You got two lobsters instead of one. Okay. Some of y'all don't even know. We're, it, 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 he's for us. He's for us. So last week I read to you the familiar account of Joseph and how he received the coat from his father and how that represented his father's preference. But I also brought to your attention that after he received the coat, after he realized he was preferred, not everything went great. Y'all didn't like that part of the story. Y'all just wanted to focus on how favored he was, right? But, but, but after he received the favor of his father... He faced his brother's jealousy, and you know the account. His brothers threw him into a pit. He sold into slavery. He winds up in the house of an Egyptian official, and we know what happened when he got there. Uh, the the uh, official's wife made a play for Joseph, and, and Joseph said, no, talk to the hand, and took off running, and she told lies on him and, and impugned his reputation and so the official comes home after the business trip. His wife lies, and he throws Joseph into jail. Remember all that? Okay, so we know we're preferred, but how many of you know that people are more comfortable with your lack of integrity than they are when you exhibit character? That was free. Y'all missed it. Let me say it again. There are people in your lives that are a lot more comfortable with your lack of character than they are when you stand up and you act like who you really are. 
Okay, I'm going to work you this morning because y'all are, y'all are working me. I, y'all do know I have to preach again in second service, and if y'all wear me out, then I can't do that. Okay, come on, help me this morning a little bit. Uh, w- w- we miss the reason for his preferredness. We, we know that Joseph received the coat of his father's favor of being preferred, but I think we miss why. Why are we favored? Why are we preferred? Why should we have hope? Well, we miss all the statements that are made prior to Joseph's imprisonment and what was said about him even after his imprisonment. And what takes place is Scripture. We miss it, but Scripture reveals to us why he could still have hope. See, um, uh, we recognize the preference of our father, but we miss why Joseph was able to maintain hope even in tough situations so let me see if i can read it to you and see how quick you are on the last day of spring break and see if your your mind is kicked back in see if you can catch why we should have hope genesis chapter 39 verses 2 and 3 i'm going to allude to verse 4 just to finish the thought and then i'm going to read verses 20 through through 23 listen to what scripture says here it is genesis chapter 39 beginning in verse 2 this is after he's received the coat and after he's been sold into slavery, all right? It says, The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. And when his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, verse 4 is what I'm going to allude to. It says he turned everything over to his care. Then in verse 20, we this is after Potiphar's wife has lied on Joseph, and now he's in prison. So everything hadn't turned up roses. But now listen to what happened. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoner were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. And he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. And the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So you will remember that I told you that preference, we talked about this last week, that you are coded with preference, but I also made this statement. God's favor, God's preference for you will not keep you out of trouble. It will get you through the trouble, right? And it will sustain you while you're in trouble, but it won't keep you out of trouble. And so I said to you, that you are coated with God's favor. His preference is you. But that does not mean that you won't face some hard days and some challenging moments and some difficult situations in your life. Okay. Uh, that's why we must also know that not only are we coated with God's preference, we also need to embrace and remember the second thing that we're coated with. And Joseph's life and story reveals that to us because I want you to understand this morning that not only are you coated with his preference, you are coated with his presence. I still can't get no help on Palm Sunday morning. You are coated with his presence. We continue to recognize that his favor is on our life when we see the manifestations of his preference. Uh, But 
There are moments in our life, and you've got to be honest this morning. Let's be transparent. There are moments in our lives that even though we know we're preferred by him, his preference seems to have no bearing and no effect on what we're going through. I got one honest person in the room. There are moments, I'm going to tell you something, when, when you're laying up in the hospital and you're, you're struggling after a heart attack, can I tell you that even though in your mind you recognize that you're preferred by him, how many of you know that there, that, that there are moments, even though you're preferred, that you're still going to go through some stuff? Okay, so, so how does my heart remain full of hope when my world seems to be crumbling all around me? How do I continue to have hope when my dreams are crushed? How do I have hope in my heart when my hope is broken? When my heart is broken, how do I have hope? Can I tell you this morning that when preference seems to be questionable or when it seems to come up short, we must remember that we are coded with something even greater than preference. We are coded with His presence. Even when the outward visible manifestations of his preferredness were missing, God's presence was never in question in Joseph's life. In the moments when he found himself to be falsely accused, in the moments when he was unjustly imprisoned, when he seemed to be totally forgotten, and he was, when he seemed to be forsaken by everybody else, there was one thing that stayed current and stayed relevant and stayed constantly there for him, and it was the presence of God. I read it to you. Four times it says, and God was with him. And God was with him. It doesn't matter the situation that he was facing. didn't matter whether he could tangibly see the favor of God on his life any longer. In, in four different occasions, in four different statements, it says, and God was with him. Now, David uh, evidently understood that uh, God's presence is a reality in our lives because in Psalm chapter 139, verses 7 through 12, David makes this statement about the presence of God that I want you to get down into your spirit this morning. David says this. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, bingo, you're there. We expect to see God in heaven, but he doesn't stop there. He says, if I make my, my bed in the depths, or in one version it says in hell, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light becomes night around me, then, then even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like day, for darkness is as light to you. You are there. David is literally testifying to the persistence of his presence. Some of you need to recognize this morning that God is persistently present in your life. You've tried to get away from him and you can't get away from him. You've run from him. You've intentionally made decisions and choices to try to separate yourself from him and yet you still can't get away from him. His presence is persistent in your life because you are coded with his presence. I bring that to your attention this morning because I don't, first of all, I don't want you to ever take his favor for granted. 
And I don't want you to ever take his, his preference for you for granted. That's why I've been trying to get you to say I'm his favorite. That's why I've been trying to get you to say he's for me. But, but I want you to understand the dilemma this morning is that I am concerned that too many of us have elevated his preference over the gift of his presence. And we need to come back to this recognition that not only is he for us, but here's the truth that we've got to get into our spirit, and that is this. He is with us. See, I, that, that, that's my struggle because I can get you to shout. Last week when we talk about we're favored and we're preferred, but I, I, it seems like there's a struggle in the room when I try to get you to get excited about the fact that he's with you. Okay, see? So, so, so here's the issue. The issue is if you're, if you're so focused on his preference that you underestimate the importance of his presence, then my question to you is this. What happens when his preference isn't evident? My question to you then is this, what happens when as his favorite, and you are, when as his favorite he directs your path into a place that isn't pleasurable? Okay, what happens when your steps are ordered and the order that he leads you in is into a situation that is worse than stinky? In fact, it's so bad and it's so beyond stinky that it has escalated now to it's stanky. There's a huge, vast difference between stinky and stanky, right? So, so if you're preferred and yet your ordered steps take you into a life that you didn't anticipate and you don't desire and you don't like, then how in the world are you supposed to be able to keep hope? It is when it is in this moment where even though cognitively we understand it, even though we tell ourselves in the mirror, I'm his favorite, he is for me, it is in the moments that you cannot find the favor. Like when you get a bad medical report. Like when you lose your job. Like when a relationship ends. Like when your car breaks down. It is in those moments, if we're not careful, even though we know in our mind that he's for us, we will lose hope if we don't understand that not only is he for us, he's with us. That is the game changer. That is the difference maker. See, I need you to understand, David apparently knew this. Joseph lived it out. He understood it. I need you to understand that the most significant promise that we have, the most important and meaningful coat that we have been, been given is his presence. I'm thankful for his preference. I'm thankful for his favor. You remember what we said favor was? It, it was undeserved Undeserved. We we don't we don't get the we don't get anything because we deserve it. Undeserved favor on our lives. That's what that's what that is. But 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 even if you strip all that away, if he's with me, 
then I can make it. I can keep hope. See, I, if it wasn't for his presence, then what would happen is this. When our bed was in hell, our hope would be lost. If it wasn't for his presence, then darkness would black out our hope. But the greatest coat that you have is the promise that Jesus himself gave to us when he declared that he will never leave us and never forsake us. He is persistently present. He was so determined to remind us of this coating that he gave his own son a name to help us remember. Have you ever stopped to really think about this? Of all the names that God could have given Jesus. Of, I, I mean, think about it. He's God. He's got like uh, at his disposal. I mean, he came up through Adam. He came up with like giraffe and platypus and octopus and, and whatever other crazy names you can think of. He had all these names at his disposal. And you know the one he chose? Emmanuel. A little big whoop-de-doo. Except he was very clear when he said to call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. I think John probably uh, most eloquently said it. I, we know it like this because if you've been in the church as long as I have, you learned it like this. And the word became flesh and the flesh dwelt among us. I think maybe a, a, a more uh, clear or clarifying way to say it is the way Eugene Peterson says it or translated it in, in his, his uh, paraphrase, the message. He said, and the, the word became flesh and he moved into our neighborhood. You think about that a moment. He coded you. You can't get away from him. He's everywhere you go. In fact, you ought to show up tomorrow morning, walk into your job, open up the door, and when everybody, just stand there a minute so everybody looks at you kind of crazy because they think you're like going to go all postal on them. But don't go postal on them. Just stand there. Even do yourself a little drum roll. Or, or do something to get everybody's attention. God just walked in the room. They're going to look at you crazy. They're going to try to get away from you. But then explain, if I'm here, then he's here too. Y'all missed it. That means you can walk into the darkest moments of your life and declare, I'm not here by myself. I'm not alone. He's here with me. Y'all remember the first principality? What was it? See the lies we, we buy? We, we, we buy the lie of isolation, and it produces poverty, which produces hopelessness. And from the, from the get-go, we forget we were never alone to begin with. And so if we could ever understand that He is not only for us, He's with us, it would have caused the first principality to struggle to get a foothold, which means then the subsequent principalities would have a tough time. Okay, y'all are killing me this morning. Uh, you are coded, coded with his presence. What does that mean? It means I, I am thankful. It means this. He's right in the midst. He's right in the middle. He's right in the ring with me. He's right in the fight that I'm going through. He's right in the struggle I'm going through. He's right in my best day. He's right in the middle of my worst day. He's right in the middle of my life. I cannot escape him. You are coated this morning with his presence. So you may say, well, what good does that do? What, what good does his presence do me? 
I, I mean, I kind of like his preference because his preference has benefits. I don't know if I really like this presence thing because what in the world, does, what good does that do me? I'm glad my, I'm still going through tough time. Glad you're here. Thanks a lot. What does that, okay, before I tell you the side effects of his presence, can I just give you a side note and tell you that the reason that should produce hope in us is this, is if he is with us, then that means you're never alone. We can take hope. So let me tell you, let me, let me tell you the, the, the side effects of his presence. Just real quick, I'll just list them real quick for you. Four that I think should cause you to have hope. Uh, well, you don't know what I'm going through. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because if he's with you, then these four things will overtake your life if you will allow them to. Four side effects of his presence. Number one, his presence means peace. Well, peace is overrated. Uh-uh, not until you don't have it. You've ever been in a, a period of your life where you had peace and then in a period of your life where you didn't have any peace, peace is much better, right? And his presence produces peace. I can prove that to you because it doesn't really matter if you're resting your head on satin or cement. It doesn't really matter. If he's with you, you can have peace. Here it is, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. So do not fear. What's the opposite of fear? Peace. Do not fear. Why? For I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with the righteous right hand. The absence of fear is equals peace. You don't have to be afraid this morning. So therefore, your life can be overtaken by the coded, codedness of his presence, which should produce peace. I'm not afraid. Give me a bad diagnosis. I'm not afraid. Take, take, take everything I've got. I'm not afraid. Why? Because he's with me. Some of y'all got to get this. The second one is this. His presence means protection. Joseph himself declares that what the enemy meant for evil, God turned to good. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Paul had this revelation in Acts chapter 18, verse 9 and 10. He says, one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you. And no one is going to attack you or harm you because I have many people in this city. In other words, you don't have to be afraid. He's protecting you. Okay, I'll say it all, Fred Hammond, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Why? Not one. Why? Because he's protecting me. Okay. Pastor Woody alluded to the fact that uh, we could have hope because, uh, you remember the story, Peter walks on water after Jesus? I think one of the reasons we can have hope is because Jesus has the ability to walk on what we drown in. That's protection. I would go under for the last time. Down for the count. For the last time. Except for one thing. He's got my back. He's with me. He is, he's with me. Okay, third. I'm going to find one of these that y'all like. His presence means provision. See, I knew I'd get some amens on provision because we like provision. 
because that, okay, never mind. Uh, Joseph is positioned to, provi- to produce provision by God's hand. God was with him. So he positions Joseph to provide provision not only for his own needs, but for an entire nation. And ultimately, we discover later in Genesis chapter 45, in verse 5 and 7, that Joseph, his, the presence of God in his life provides for Joseph's family provision. Says like this, he says, Joseph says, when his brothers come in and, and Joseph kind of plays a game with them, a mental game, and doesn't let them know who he is, he finally owns up, hey, I'm Joseph, I'm your brother, it's okay. He says this to them, he says, and, and now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. I just want to tell you this morning that you are coated with his presence. And if you are coated with his presence, the Bible says that we have never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. What does that mean? That means if God is with you, he will provide for you. He has to live up to his name. His name is Jehovah Jireh. That's not what he does. That's who he is. That means you don't, your, your source is not your employer. The, your source is not the person signing your check. Your provision is not linked to where you work or what you do. Your provision is lined up and in accordance to who he is. And because he is present in my life, I can trust him for provision. So I should have hope. I should have hope. You should have hope. The the, the fourth one this morning, and I'll get out of your way, is this one. His presence means promotion. Now, don't get it all twisted. I'm going I'm to fix this right here because some of y'all are getting really nervous. Since I'm a Pentecostal preacher, some of y'all are like, okay, here we go. Blab it, grab it, name it, claim it, confess it, possess it, planes, trains, and automobiles. No. Okay, we're going to balance this. Joseph is promoted in two places. I want you to catch this. He's promoted in the palace, but he's also promoted where? In the prison. Okay. God is with him. That's why. I didn't make that up. I read it to you word for word. He got promoted in the palace because God was with him. He got promoted in the prison because God was with him. Because we have been trained. We have been trained to live a particular way. I'm I'm trying to help you right now. I'm going to help you right now. We have been trained to live in a very particular way. And this is it. We have been trained to give our very best in any situation. Okay, maybe you weren't trained. As a representative of God, as one of his children, the Bible declares that whatever we do, we should do it as unto the Lord. That means we are to do what we do to show forth the excellencies of our Father. That means while we work, we work to the highest level. That means while we're employed, 
we give our dead level best. When we're in school, we strive to make the best grades. When we clean our room, because our mom said to clean our room, we don't throw stuff under the bed. We go out of our way to do it to the very best. We, why? Because we're representing Him. Okay, here's the balance. Are you saying then that because God's present in my life, I'm going to be the boss? You said we're going to get promoted. I'm going to be the boss. I'm taking over. In fact, I'm going into the CEO's office tomorrow and let him know that he is out. I'm in. Because I am so coated with the presence of God, I am going to be the big dog. That's not what I'm saying. Try that. Let me know how that works for you. <laughs> Pastor Woody will counsel you. No, I am saying that since you are his, you will do your dead level best. And you will show his excellence to everybody around you. And here it is. And even if you're never titled, because that's what we really want. We want the title and the paycheck. We don't want the responsibility. We just want the title and the paycheck. Even if you're never titled, you by your behavior and your work ethic and your character, you will be promoted in the esteem of everybody around you. What if God puts you there to never be the number one guy? He just wants you to be down in the ranks somewhere showing people how somebody down in the ranks is supposed to live their life. We will be promoted. My concern for some of us is we forget that God is with us. We just think that God is with us only on Sundays. So then on Monday, I can go in and I can play games on my computer on my boss's hour and on my boss's dime. And I can take the supplies home with me because they got more than enough. And I'll give them a half day's work for a full day's pay. But we have forgotten that his presence is with us all the time. So when I walk into the, my employment, he is with me and I am representing him. And their opinion of him will be determined by their opinion of me. Finally, I got you. Had me worried. You will be promoted. And here's the truth. We don't like this truth, but you need to hear it this morning. Not only are you promoted, he's promoted by how we do our, our work, how we live our life, what comes out of our mouth, my attitude towards my coworkers. Okay, it's quiet in here. All right. Uh, so, we should have hope, not just because he's for us, but because he's with us. I, I found this quote that I thought was pretty powerful. It was, a, it was uh, penned by an, uh, an Athenian orator in the second century. He was talking to the emperor at this time. They were persecuting Christians. They were killing Christians. And listen to his report. This is what he said. He said, these Christians who know and trust their God are prepared for anything that comes their way. Why? Because they believe that no matter what happens to them in the future, their God will always be there. How, how did, we're pretty wimpy. I mean, somebody talks bad about us, we'll lay our beliefs down because we, we want to please everybody and it's just not popular and Got to be politically correct and all that other junk. But those that went before us could face imprisonment and could face lions and they could face beheadings and they could face persecution and they could face all that stuff. 
and they still had hope. You know why? Because they knew God was there. Maybe the reason we struggle to make it through a week is because we've forgotten that we're coated with his presence. And if I know he's here, I can't give up if he's here. I hope you've come to grips this week that God is for you, but I just need you to relearn and reaffirm in your own life that he's not just for us, he's with us. We need to rehearse that promise that Jesus made. I will never leave you, never forsake you. We need to go back and grip, grab hold of the truth where he said, Lo, I will be with you always. You know what always means in Greek? Kind of the same as all. We've talked about this before. Always means always. That's what it means. He is here. So so this is what I want you to do. I want you to look at your neighbor before I wrap this thing up. I just want you to look at your neighbor and say, not only is he for me, but he's with me. Come on, tell him. Okay, ask your other neighbor, how does it feel to sit next to God? Just ask him. Because if you're there, then God must be there too. I just want to declare this this morning, that you can have hope because he's with us. So on the morning that you wake up to a life that was went a lot differently in, in a different direction than you planned or you would have chosen, he's here. On the day you find yourself doubled over in pain, he's here. In the moment of life, and we have these, when hell is more apparent than heaven, He's here. He's here. When man does their dead level best to destroy you, and they will, he's here. Facing sickness, he's here. Facing pain, he's here. Facing foes, he's here. Facing death, he's here. Facing financial ruin, he's here. Facing lack, he's here. Facing fake, he's here. The good news, the hope that we have, the reason that we can continue going, the reason that we can keep fighting, the reason that we keep rebounding is because we're never alone in the fire. He is here. If we're covered with confusion, he's here. If we're cornered by chaos, he's here. If we're cringing because of change, he's still here. He's here. And so, if you can't find his presence, can I just do it like I want to do it and say, child, please. You can't get away from his presence. And I just can't seem to find it. Look! Are you kidding me? You, how can you not? You can't get, you You can go make your bed in hell and you're so coated he'll show up. We just miss him. We miss him because we want all the fringe stuff. We want the preference and we underestimate the power of his presence. I'll take his presence all day long over his preference because if he's in my life I can have hope.
I can have hope. That is the story. That's why we celebrate Palm Sunday. He showed up. He didn't have to. He chose to. So I gave you an assignment last week where you were to look at yourself every morning, every night, and say, he's for me. Or if you wanted to get really personal, I'm his favorite, whichever. I don't care. But I want us to do something different this week. This week, would you do me a favor? And when when you go into your restroom or whatever mirror you've used all week long, this time, would you do this? Stare in the mirror for just a second. And then look over your shoulder. Don't ask to say nothing. Say, what are you doing? You've gone crazy, Steve. I know. But sometimes I think we look at ourselves and we think we're all alone. Would you please, this week, twice a day, driving in the car, look in your rearview mirror, but don't look out your back windshield. Look in your back seat. Some of y'all are going to be freaked out. Okay, I'll give you a prank. Just one. Just, okay. Would somebody please hide in somebody's car this week? And when they look in the rearview mirror, would you just pop up just one time? Just one. I, I'm sorry. That was. But I just need you to come back to this this realization. You're not alone. All you got to do is look. He goes before me. He goes behind me. He's on my right. He's on my left. He's above me. He's below me. I can't escape him. And because I can't escape him, I have hope. Father, this morning, I pray that you would drive this truth home. We know you're for us. We've rehearsed that all week long. You're for us. And we're thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful you're for me. But God, even if you weren't for me, I'm filled with hope this morning simply because I know you're with me. So in the moments when my life isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be, and this wasn't the plan that I had all laid out, in the moments in my life where my life seems to be more overwhelmed and coated with pain, in the darkest moment of my life, I pray, you would show up in the lives of these folks that are sitting here today watching over the internet some of them facing unbelievable challenges many faced with tragedies many headed down a path they did not choose whether at the hands of somebody else or by their own decisions now they're going and and, and experiencing things they would have never chosen and if I was to ask them in this moment Do you feel like God is for you? Some of them might be honest enough to even declare, not only is he not for me, some days I think he's against me. I pray for those folks this morning that in this moment you would remind them that you're with them. And if you're with them, they can endure. And if you're with them, they can hold on. And if you're with them, there's hope. Father, we declare today that we're going to give up, giving up, and we're going to quit quitting. Because if you're with me, 
I cannot be overtaken. So, Father, this morning I pray that you would encourage your people. And I pray this week when they look in the mirror and they look over their shoulder, they would see the visible, tangible manifestation of your presence some way, some shape, somehow. It may be in the form of someone else reaching out to them. It may just be that they sense your presence in the room. I pray that they would sense you. Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress.